Welcome to Evergo Podcast 14.19. After two stirring victories for the basketball team, we talk about how the NIT wouldn't be all that bad. It's that kind of year, guys. Alright guys, it's been a minute, but I get to say it, say it, just like football. Just like, like football. <laughs> Did you tweet except, that? Because I definitely tweeted that. Except, closer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kinda. I mean, that game was over uh, in the last, like, yeah. eight, ten minutes, which is basically the last half of the fourth quarter in Columbus, right? Well, let's see, so they Michigan, won by nine, right? So that's three possessions. They won by eight. Eight. Because uh, Kobe Bufkin had a celebratory travel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're also up by like double digits down the stretch. So uh, Michigan 77, Ohio State 69 for the first time since the beginning of January. Michigan wins two in a row. So the NCAA picture is still... Not happening. I punched this into Torvik. Torvik is not updated yet. Moves Michigan from the number 28 team out to the number 18 team out. And then I just kept punching in wins just to see what would happen. Uh, and it, if Michigan wins its next five games, they get to the cut lane. Well, they're going to win some of those. They are going to win some of those. But that's home against Nebraska, very doable. And then home against Indiana at Wisconsin, home against Michigan State at Rutgers. Sweeping those four games, I guess, is not totally impossible. But given what we've seen for the team this year, it's not happening. At that's, Rutgers? That's the, that's the kind of run that you need to make just to get like in the conversation, basically. Well, that's there are first. games after that, too. Yes. there's They've got three more regular season games. They're all big opportunities. But just in terms of like, can this team make a run? I, hypothetically, yeah. But <clears throat> I mean, I think you're going to be looking at the end of the season, and you're going to be looking at that Kobe Bufkin foul against Iowa, Jet Howard missing that Purdue game, Get the loss to Central Michigan, Iowa. like two point loss. You're, you're just going to be looking at like this team could have made the tournament. It wasn't a very good team, but it was in the ballpark. And then a lot of things just at the end of games and the. Very ill-timed Howard injury really cost Michigan. So, well, but anyway, this game—it's a young team, and I mean that's kind of what you see. You see that in hockey a lot of times, where you have a team that oh, you see the talent, but they make a lot of mistakes, and that's you know, Michigan couldn't finish games. But you know, last couple times they've started to finish games, and I don't think Northwestern or Ohio State are great teams, but you know, you got to start somewhere, and yeah, kind of. I you just know. want to. I mean, I just want to say before we get into the Ohio State game that like the likelihood of Michigan going to the rack and beating and beating Rutgers <laughs> is like the likelihood of Brian remembering to name the sponsors at the beginning of the podcast. Well, that happens quite frequently. The forgetting. No, the the doing of it. Like if if you gave me the that, those odds, I'd be like, all right, those are pretty s- solid odds. <laughs> How much are you putting down on them? You know, like, are we counting when I have to edit them in, or like, just like no, the time no, when you just like, usually no. <laughs> or when anyone reminds him, reminds me. I don't it's need just, to be or, or like one of us has of to our segue. sponsors. <laughs> thank you to Underground Printing for making this all possible. Check them out at ugpmichiganapparel.com. 
or check out our selection of shirts on the mgoblogstore.com. And let's not forget our associate sponsors, Peak Wealth Management, Homeshare Lending, Ticket IQ, Ann Arbor, Elder Law, Michigan Law Grant, Human Element, the Phil Klein Insurance Group, Venue by 4M, and we are recording this on SignalWire. All right, so this game uh, defined by Ohio State never getting to the rim, living in the mid-range, doing a decent job there largely because Bruce Thornton plays out of his mind, and Michigan finally getting the kind of performance from Hunter Dickinson that you were hoping for this year where they come out in the second half and Ohio State decides to put Felix Okpara out there, a 220-pound freshman, and Hunter demonstrates that this dude cannot check him. And I mean, Key couldn't either, for that matter. No, but Key uh, like was at least able to keep him away from the rim a little bit. Couldn't contest his shots, but you know, Dickinson was just putting Akpara under the basket consistently and getting layups and dunks. So Key was forcing short hook shots, which are great shots for Dickinson, but they weren't automatic, and Akpara was giving up stuff that was automatic. And so he goes 14 to 10 from two, has a couple of bunnies uh, rim out, also gets the line nine times, makes six free, uh, free throws, has a Ken Palm MVP performance because his O rating to 145 O rebs, two block shots. This Hunter Dickinson, if you can get this Hunter Dickinson against higher level opposition, uh, is the kind of guy who could maybe push Michigan to the tournament. Well, there, there's two things in this. Is one is like you, ha- Michigan has to want to do this, and you have to go back to it. And I thought that was the biggest key in this game was the fact that they recognized that there was a mismatch and that Hunter was playing well. And you're like, all right, you can't stop this. What were we saying after they played Purdue that you know they put Edie on him, right? And that's supposed to take away Michigan's perimeter. But Hunter's a lot more effective personally when they don't double him. Like I think they it speeds him up a little bit, and he. You know, he certainly knows to kick out, but he kicks out too quickly sometimes, and they just don't get set right. And the offense is actually more efficient when you just single Hunter. And Ohio State, I mean, even Okpara has just had no chance, right? Yeah. Well, but he's he's been playing games this year where he's playing guys who he should be able to do that to, and instead he's just floating on the perimeter. Like, you go back to that loss against Maryland, Dickinson gets up a total of six two pointers in that whole game going up against Julian Reese and <clears throat> you know but they brought doubles right so like that was I know the plan they, but <laughs> I mean but, they brought doubles today too a little bit too and yeah, he they moved, did too, but they moved the ball well I mean he handled almost every scenario well and that's sort of the second point that I was going to make after the first one was that you know Brian has touched on this throughout the year that sometimes it seems like you're getting a different Hunter Dickinson and maybe that's a mindset. Maybe it's motivation. You know, there could be, we can't really speculate into all of that. It could be some of all of it, but when he's at this kind of level of where I'm like, "Mm, you know what, I'm just going to squash you today. And I really want to, I mean, we've just seen for a couple of years, like there aren't many people that can really check him. And when they bring doubles, He's figuring it out. He's made a, a number of skip passes that have looked really good. And that the other part of it is that Michigan knocked down a bunch of open looks. And when they do that, I mean, that's a basketball. Yeah, and for too too much this year, we've seen the tail end of Dickinson kickouts just not translate to anything because the only consistent shooter you really have on the team are Jet Howard and then Joey Baker comes off the bench. But Terrence Williams down to 27% on the year. And in this game... <clears throat> They were just leaving him. They're like, 
Terrence Williams can have as many open threes as he wants. And so there were a couple of reactions to that. So Williams did flash into the high post a couple of times. Um, there was a nice, uh, apparently a set play where Hunter would kick it to the three-point line and then uh, Williams dove and made a good cut, got open, and got a bucket. Great so, pass from Kobe. I, well, that, I think that was, he missed it, but it didn't matter because Dickinson just put it back. So <clears throat> they're they're doing some things to kind of get a little bit more variety because they can't just kick it around the perimeter and expect to get a good shot of that because you've also got McDaniel at 32% and Bufkin just scraped over 30 in this game. And Doug can't really get his shot either. Like if, there, if someone's coming out to contest, it doesn't take that much, even if you already – doubled off Hunter, you get a little close to Doug and your heart arm goes up and like he, he can't even take those shots. So like the 32% are just the ones he's taking. Yeah, the, right. What you want in that situation is Baker or Jet. I mean, Kobe's like you said, he's starting to get to that level, but Jet, I mean, knocks down those shots even with hands in his face and Baker's, you know, is the traditional shooter. So you know, but they did get those looks. I mean, they had some set plays for Howard where he came off of picks and, you know, the sort of old school Reggie Miller threes. But I mean, Baker had a couple, they had one where Jace set a really nice pick and hit um, Baker in the corner off of a Dickinson pass over behind a Jace screen that I thought it looked like that was a set play as well. So they had some ideas what to do there. And, and when, you know, like that's the thing when you're going to double him and, and he can hit those passes. I mean, that's the Michigan team that you start to see their ceiling. Yeah. I mean, there's still, a lot of issues with the team. Doug McDaniel was one of five from two, all very difficult shots. And he's now at uh, 36% from two on the season. And so that just really puts a cap on a lot of the stuff you want to do. Oh, including his yeah. breakaway. <laughs> the breakaway wow. would turn into a tough shot. Wow. Like, So just... oh, it is what it is. You've got a it's... freshman point guard who's like 5'10". Yeah, and you get anyone. I mean, if you're chasing a guy who you're half a foot taller than you're, and you're any sort of an athlete, you're going to be able to block a shot. I mean, and that was kind of an issue on the other end, too, because one of the reasons that Thornton was so effective is that he was able to pull up from 8 to 10 feet and just knew that there was not going to be anything approximating a contest coming. Oh, and one time yeah. Doug ends up under the rim, too, and it's like there's a three that clangs. And there's like a whole good like two seconds for the you know one player down there to rebound. You're like... Nope, it's Doug. Well, I mean, they did get sort of fortunate that Sensabaugh, Ohio State star, had an awful game, just clanging up a bunch of stuff. But to their credit, they really did an excellent job of keeping Ohio State away from the rim with a couple of notable exceptions. So that's been one of the problems all year is that straight line drives have just crushed Michigan. And Joey Baker got God a couple times in this game. But, you know, Jet Howard... Not a great defender, but he's worlds better than he was at the start of the year. Yeah, he just needed some reps and like be put in the position of this is what you have to do and learn how to do it. And then over the course of time, he I mean, he's going to be better, right? If he wants to be, he has the quickness, he has the length. That's the, all. It's never been like, he'll never be a good defender. It's how good does he actually want to be? And I think that you're starting to see the progression take place at least a little bit, like you said. I mean, I think it's I think it's more than a little bit. Like he, he is much better able to stay in front of people. And, you know, he commits a foul, I think, on Sensabaugh, where, yeah, it was a foul. 
he was know, incredulous but... though. <laughs> I, I mean, he hit the guy's arm, and it's like, yeah. But he he did a great job, really, up until that moment. And if all he does is like bring his arm back a little bit, make it a heavy contest, that's a great defensive possession, and that's a different kind of error than Jet Howard was making early in the season, right? That's too much effort. Like, because he's I'm in trying... the same frame. <laughs> Well, it, well, he's he and he he d's the guy up and forces him into a real tough shot, and that's one of the best players in the Big Ten. And I don't really think that Sensabaugh got a hell heck of a lot against Howard at all in this game. Like his makes were difficult, and he was inefficient. So for and that's a team effort because everybody's switching, of course. But when Chet Howard is not a problem against a guy like that, and a bunch of other guys who are not very talented, but they are big and can pull up and all that stuff. I think that's a real sign of progress. And we we can get into the Northwestern game more because they played zone in that one, but the zone defense has actually been where his, you know, do you remember how many open threes there were in the corner when they first brought out the zone this year? And yeah, and there was. Well, no, I, I think I think the zone's a bad. I mean, <laughs> they get a wide open three in this one from I think McNeil and mm-hmm. no, it was it was Eugene Brown? So maybe not a, the worst deal in the world, but it was completely wide open. I feel like I, I like the show zone and immediately flip to man as soon as anything happens. But when you actually play zone for a full possession, it's kind of like they don't rep it enough for it to be particularly successful. But in any well, case, a lot of Ohio State, State success also came off of just beating a guy, right? Like, you know, what did they have? Like yeah. Six assists. Or six something? assists. Yeah. This so. is very much a get your own kind of game because Michigan only had 11, which is way below their season average. Right. So, but Ohio but, State just they they had no coherent offense whatsoever, and you know Key, I mean, didn't do anything, and I think that's also very encouraging from Dickinson because that's the kind of guy he should absolutely shut off, and he did, and yeah. it's uh, been an inconsistent season, but hopefully, maybe they get to run Nebraska into the ground next time out, and they got some momentum. They can take it into some quad one games and give it a run. I mean, they'd have to play differently than they have this season, but they did play differently in this game, I think. The other thing is, like, Michigan was on the verge of, like, blowing them out all game. Like, they got up eight, they got up 11, and then, you know, you get those just goofy turnovers where they force, like, there was a forced pass, I think it was from Doug, where he tries to go too far and it's picked off. And then, like, Terrence Williams is bringing the ball up the floor and sent, uh, not sent the ball. Thornton makes a really nice play jumping in and like kind of forcing him into a travel. And but those are situations where Michigan had gotten a stop and they're up like three scores and you're going in transition and they just turn it over or you take, they took a bad shot when they were up like eight or whatever. And so they're on the verge of kind of gaining full control of the game. And then you just kind of commit a live ball turnover and a bucket the other way. And you're like, well, now we're back in and it's kind of close again. I was never really concerned like Michigan's going to lose this game. Like it didn't really feel like that because anytime they wanted, they could just go get a bucket from Dickinson. But there are also at least three or four situations where, you know, they make the shot or don't commit the turnover. And all of a sudden, you know, this game's in double digits and maybe up to 15. Yeah. I mean, to me, it wasn't really the turnovers that, kind of stuck in my craw because you know, I had nine on the game. But just the fact that it seemed like every time they were going to pull away, Ohio State would hit like three mid-range shots in a row. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It was it was really annoying from the perspective of a guy who like thinks mid-range shots are the devil. I'm just like... <laughs> you should hang on, so, Craig. Some of, those, some of those are pretty decent shots, right? Like 
Thornton's got a half foot on on Doug McDaniel, but they they made some. <laughs> well, they, they were all I going mean, in off the back of the rim. To, like they were, <laughs> they're all like shots that you would normally like clang up or something. They're not. I don't even think. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say the, that. I, that I, I that great. That, it was just. He was I, I would say that they were. Yeah, they, I mean, they they stayed in it by mis, making a bunch of mid range jumpers, and they also stayed in it by the fact that they only turned the ball over. I think once in the first half. So yeah. I thinking, well, I mean, that's one advantage of the mid range stuff is that. If you're just pulling up, that's not going to be a turnover. And if, so your floor on the possession is like, okay, that's a not great, but decent shot instead of nothing. So, but they also shot like 33% at halftime. Yeah. And they, I mean, they were like 12 or 35 at halftime, which was like, okay, they have one turnover, which fine, but <laughs> to what, like, what yeah. do you gain from that? <laughs> yeah. Nothing. I suppose. Well, there are a bunch of Made. like turnovers that Ohio State should have had that just rolled out to an Ohio State player or I think every single time that there was a um, an Ohio State player put it off his knee or something that Michigan jumped on it and it was a jump ball and the possession arrow went to Ohio State that doesn't count as a turnover but should count as half a turnover who do the officials hate more Harris Reed or Saudi Washington I gotta go with Saudi because all he did is say bullshit <laughs> and like they teed him up and I just oh like, that was him yeah, that was Saudi. Yeah. Oh, I I thought it was Howard because he was literally standing on the floor, and I was no. like, uh, Jawan, you might want to get off the floor. Oh, Saudi, yeah. and he didn't even stand up to say it. He just like you know <laughs> put his <laughs> arms down and goes, "That's bullshit." And <laughs> and like I don't even know if he was yelling at the officials because it felt like like there wasn't really something that was that close to a foul on that play. He might have been like yelling at his defender's effort or something. I don't know, but. So yeah, I don't know who hard. Terrace Reed is, but Big Hoss was not in the game a whole lot, and I mean we this is four fouls in four minutes. Well, That's that was like what was the other? It was the Purdue game, right? He did that where they kind of kind of came in and just started like bumping everyone and made played like eight minutes and had four fouls or almost fouled out, something like that. But actually, honestly, that was the best thing that could have happened in this game because like the game was slow enough that Hunter didn't really need to come out a whole lot. And this is a game where you're like, dude, don't take him out. Like this is, this is the team Craig game, right? Like Kobe and, and Hunter are playing their best games. Don't take him out for, unless they're just like bent over and they cannot move anymore. I mean, that's where the offense was coming from and it was efficient. They were good on defense. So bringing him out is only going to just change the entire flow of the game. And so when Reed would come in, and this wasn't this wasn't his game. He can he'll play in a different game. This was the game that Hunter's just going to get on my back, and we're getting the finish line. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back, talk about Northwestern. Want the perfect game day outfit? Underground Printing has unique, great fitting U of M apparel and officially licensed apparel from legendary Michigan names like Woodson, Howard, Eufer, and more. UGP also specializes in custom printed apparel and promotional items for groups, events, and businesses. Whether you need one shirt as a gift or 1,000 shirts for a charity walk, Underground can customize almost anything for groups large or small. To learn more, visit Underground Printing in one of our three convenient locations around Ann Arbor or online at undergroundshirts.com. It's painless. It's online. It's group ordering made easy for your next custom printed apparel order. Pogo from Underground Printing will save you time and hassle. Whether you're selling shirts for a fundraiser, organizing a large event, trying to collect sizes and payments for a family reunion, or, you know, ordering a whole bunch of shirts with your Kickstarter, Underground Printing is here to help. 
Save time and hassle every step of the way with their easy-to-use site. No more guessing what to order, chasing people down to pay, wasting time trying to sort out the order. They'll set it up. You can just sit back and relax. They'll even take care of individual shipping. To learn more about Pogo, visit them at any of their convenient locations or at pogo.undergroundshirts.com. At Peak Wealth, we believe we can help you retire with confidence. It's Nick Hopwood, Certified Financial Planner from Peak Wealth Management in Plymouth. I graduated from Michigan in 2001 with an econ degree and founded Peak Wealth Management in 2014. Now we have over $240 million of assets under management. As a freshman in 97, winning the national championship in football and hockey didn't get any better than that. Both my wife and I lived in Bursley that year, and it's crazy because we never actually met while living in the same dorm. Probably because she had a car and I had to ride the bus. But we named our dog Bursley anyway, and he's on the payroll here at Peak Wealth Management. At Peak, we're fee-based. We're your fiduciary, which means everything we recommend is always in your best interest. We partner with leading institutional money managers, focus on low fees, and make sure every client has a financial plan covering retirement, college, tax, estate, insurance, and cash flow. Simply put, we are Peak Wealth Management, your comprehensive financial coach. Book your second opinion at peakwm.com slash mgoblog. Peak Wealth Management. Retire with confidence. Hey, so I have like insurance and stuff, but I don't really like know what's going on with it. Yeah, it, your your coverage probably sucks, and you're paying way too much for it. And I know this because I had a guy. Uh, he's a uh, his name's Phil Klein. He's actually a Michigan alum and wrestled for Michigan. He okay. looked at my insurance and he's like, "Yeah, your coverage sucks, and you're paying a lot more than you need to for it." I also like I, I hesitate to even mention this, but I do have my insurance from a company that advertises during college football games. Well, and I wish that was not the case. Well, why don't you just get it from a cool guy who actually like reads them go blog? Well, how would I do that? <laughs> they have a website. They have one of those too. It's philkleininsurance.com. Can you remember the name Phil Klein? Sure. Can you remember insurance? Yes. Okay. Use those two together and you will save money on your insurance and you will actually get better coverage on your home and your auto and they do life too. All right. So you're telling me if I Google Phil Klein insurance, this, this website will come up. Yes. Wonders never cease. needs more commercials oh come on what okay all right you're not gonna be able to justify this one 
I want to hear this. They're not going to commercial. They're sitting there and like just watching as like they skate around and do these stupid replays. And if they're not getting rid of replays, they should just go to a commercial because the announcers have no clue what they're watching. It they it, the the hit that they're looking at probably took place like two minutes earlier, so they like don't even know what what happened, right? So like, give everybody a little moment to breathe. Go to commercial, make some little bit of money because like you got to make some money somewhere. And then come back when you actually can tell us what happened on the hockey ice instead of just, like, sitting there with the camera on the goalie and just people trying to guess what the heck they're looking at. There. There is a lot of money in college hockey. I mean, yeah, I remember back when, you know, Michigan was on the – was it the Fox Post Detroit at that time? Literally <laughs> all of the commercials were for – other things at Joe Louis Arena. So there'd be like ads for Zach Brown band and like kids right. shows and still every literally every ad was Olympia <laughs> Entertainment. So I don't know if they, they have commercials to show. Like they would cut to commercial, it'd be like the early days of streaming where it's like, hey, we'll be back soon. Right, right. Right. You're like, I didn't know that now three people in the band Kansas have eye patches. Good to know. <laughs> cool. Good to Randy, know. Randy, give me your hottest take. All right. Michigan basketball is going to win the Big Ten tournament and get in with that. Uh, well, there goes our fourth segment. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, there. I, I said they were never going to win another game last yeah. week. And Did. by the way, and by the way, Brian's hot take several weeks ago saying that this team is going to make the tournament is suddenly <laughs> cooling off, damn you. <laughs> it was, I, I don't I know. Love how, I, like, I, Michigan wins a couple games against Northwestern Ohio State. <laughs> Northwestern, no, I know, I know. And like a team that like has won one game in weeks. I, I mean, I, like, need a, I need right, a hot let's, take. Let's game the tournament. Let's, guy, let's go on. You guys like, like Texas. Figure this out. We're back. <laughs> We're back. You guys are like collectively the guy in memento. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you forget. have no long-term memory. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, I mean, in that, Brian, are you saying we need to put a tattoo on our arm that this basketball team's not that great? That we have to <laughs> exactly. Well, it's, it's a picture of... Uh, Dick Vitale on the back, it says, don't believe his lies. (laughs) 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 It sends with you shooting Dick Vitale in the head. I I can't do that, and I will not. I won't accept that. It would be a great tragedy for... Yeah. I I don't... I. Yeah. Jason, give me your hottest take. All right. I'm going to solve Michigan's NIL problem with one dude. A check your account guy. All right. <laughs> what? So we've lost a lot of dudes to what I consider to be our lack of, of very enticing NIL. The school can keep okay. doing whatever they want to do, and the athletic department keep doing whatever they We just need a guy who goes to the family or whoever's important in the family and just says, check your account. And in okay. their account... <laughs> is money from some other place that has nothing to do with the university and be like, check your account. It's time for us to start doing some dirty shit. That's what I'm saying. It's not not dirty anymore. It's legal. It's It's all all above board. But make it dirty. I don't care what it is. Get it, get it, (laughs) have it be dirty money. I don't care. But we need to dirty it up and we need to be like, look, I I don't, the school is going to do what the school is going to do, but we have a check your account guy. Talk to that guy. Check your account. 
That no, this is good. That like you know, every other school has gotten out of the business, right? Like Ole Miss is just like paying players legally now. What's Michigan gonna yeah, do? Right. We're gonna get in with all that 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 <laughs> under the table stuff that you missed before. We're gonna give you like yeah. credit cards. We're gonna like buy yep. tractors for your parents. Like we're gonna do free it. bowling oh. games. Yeah, free bowling <laughs> games. Tattoos, Phone cards. tattoos. Guess who's in the tat industry now? <laughs> yeah, baby. That, I, and we should give all of our NIL money in McDonald's bags. Just drop <laughs> yes. it off. Go old school with it, you know, yeah, in the, an ironic way. Do those smell still smell like fries? They do, yes. the, like, and they taste that's like part of that's part of the deal. You get money mm. that smells like fries only at Michigan. I love it. Really? Well, they already have the Block M, right? Ah. <laughs> oh, Dave, give me your hottest take. Big Hoss needs to shoot his free throws the way Juwan took half-court shots in his first year as coach. Uh, mm. Behind the back? Backwards. Back to the, back so he walks day. up to the free throw line, turns around, and then does the back bend and throws it over his head. <laughs> Who goes worried. nuts first? The announcers, Juwan, his teammates. Can you imagine the first time he does that? It will be can't miss. He might make the Sports Center top ten and the Sports Center not top ten on the same shot. Yes. It listen, Dave, if he does hit a shot, I feel like he should win like a Chrysler minivan. Yes. Yeah. At Chrysler Arena. Yes. NIL. There you go. <laughs> See, I'm working it in. Yeah. All right, here's mine. When Michigan goes to the Troll Center, Juwan Howard should wear a top hat. (laughs) (laughs) So the goal here is just to be as large as possible. Yes. Anyone seated behind the Michigan bench or in the vicinity of the Michigan bench has their view of the game obstructed. This is solely to troll Wisconsin fans. I love it. It, Guess guess, what what do we say? Ram, what do we say? Years ago, if you ever had to sit behind like Erica Badu at a Dodgers game, you'd be really you upset. were you were screwed. You were screwed. You were screwed. I'm like, get her on the bench. Let her coach a few things. Martelli, get a Badu hat. Yeah, no, ex- yeah, exactly. Everybody is like, he, he's got to wear like the the JNCO jeans, the like from the nineties. <laughs> my daughter yeah, loves like, it. Like, my, my daughter loves it. JNCO, you're Jinko, Brian. Suit. Did you skip the nineties, yeah. Jinko? This is the second time we call it I didn't know how to pronounce that. He's got to like get like the road warrior animal pads with spikes. Yes, I love it. Yes, and then like platform shoes, so he's like six foot seven, Mm -hmm. just to piss off one seventy-year-old Wisconsin fan. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be worth it. It'd be worth it. I thought you meant like with a monocle and like a cane and stuff like that. Like show up like a perfect gentleman and be like. yeah. He could get tails and like go the whole nine yards, be the classiest man on the planet. Yeah. Just be Mr. like, I'm not, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not gonna get in a fight today. No. I've got a monocle. Would you hit a guy with a monocle? No. no. He'd have and give him white gloves. Because if you yes. have to take those white gloves off to fight, like it's just too much. It's too much. Right. Like, are we talking like diva gloves or just like you know, like what if he wore boxing gloves? No, that's that that's the wrong signal. That would trigger some people. I'll no. tell you no, what. Wrong. That would trigger some people. <laughs> if you can't get enough scars, hit up their podcast view from the cheap seats. They are now touring, so check out their shows wherever they happen to be. They're in San Francisco right now. And uh, yes, their are. show, The Nosebleeds, is on UFC Fight Pass. 
Can I just Thanks say real quickly before we get before we get out of here, there were people who are MGO blog fans who just saw us down in San Diego. So when Brian says it and you guys come out and you come up to us afterwards and say that you love the hot take segment, it means the world to us. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thanks, guys. All right. Michigan's previous outing, a 68-51 pantsing of Northwestern and Welsh Ryan Arena, where they really pull away at the start of the second half. Uh, Kobe Bufkin puts up 15, Dickinson 19, although not very efficient. And then this is the Joey Baker game. He goes three or four from three, hits a couple twos. Joe! And uh, puts up 14. And then Northwestern, it's just... <laughs> Wasn't this a really bad first half? Like, Jeez, both son. teams were just... Yeah, this was, it was... This, yeah. This was it like, was 26-25 at the half. I mean, this was like that, not quite that Minnesota game, but like... Yeah. But You're but hang on, hang range. on, hang on. Okay, it, this okay. was Michigan was taking good shots and missing them, and Northwestern was just going full chase Adige. Chase Adige. <laughs> All right, Chase Adige's line in this game. <laughs> he scores ten points using eighteen possessions, <laughs> with two turnovers, one assist, four steals. That he was, was zero of seven from three. 0 of 7 for 3, and for, for most of the game, he was, I think, 1 of 6 or 7 from 2, and then he got a couple buckets kind of at the end. Yeah, he was like, I think at some point, he was 0 of 9 or 0 of 10 just from the floor. Like, a guy was just not... Yeah, and some of and them were not close. <laughs> no, most of them were not close. And you get, you know, Nicholson and this Verhoeven guy trying to check Dickinson, and Dickinson does not have particularly good game because they are doubling and Michigan is kicking it around and trying to get open shots. That doesn't work. Like Michigan assists on seven eighths of their buckets in this game. 21 assists on 24 buckets. Bufkin has eight assists, one turnover. Doug McDaniels, nine assists and no turnovers, which honestly didn't feel like that watching the game. It kind of felt like McDaniel wasn't really generating the shots. He was the guy making the pass after the the Dickinson double generated a shot. Like it kind of felt like most of the credit for that should go to Dickinson, but oh, Bufkin McDaniel. was on the fringe of triple double watch. Yeah, he. I don't think we haven't had one of those since Simpson. I don't remember. It's, it's been a while. I remember Michigan got like I think Walton and Karras had him in like back to back weeks or something. Walton like, definitely had really one. Walton had Him one against Ohio, were, at Ohio State. But it's been, I think Simpson might have gotten one because there was kind of a big to-do about it. But since then, it's it's been a while. Yeah, so he's, you know, he Michigan also, like, dominates the offensive boards. They get back almost 40% of their misses. So even though they didn't shoot very well, you know, seven turnovers and eight uh, double that in offensive rebounds is a pretty good way to have an efficient offense. That is a shot volume spectacular. I mean, especially when the shots aren't falling down, the fact that they kept on getting more of them. I think like at, at halftime, I think the difference in the game entirely was just Michigan had seven more shots than uh, Northwestern, or seven more opportunities than Northwestern did. And yeah, those, they just yeah. weren't going down. Yeah. Uh, and to go back to Jet Howard, Jet Howard does not have a good offensive game in this, this one, but again, you know, He's a part of the defense on Adij, so is Bufkin. Adij is not a good offensive player, but you know to make this guy put up a 59-0 rating and just have to put up a bunch of garbage shots. Big progress from last year, last early in the season. Sorry, 
because early in the season, Michigan was giving up a ton of easy opportunities. Now, in these two games, you have to earn your points, and Ohio State guys are able to earn their points in the mid-range. Chase Audige is not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think Audige probably had a couple opportunities to pass, too. He just was going full-on Audige mode. Yeah, but who's he going to pass to? Like, yeah, they, they boo had Bowie? two guys. <laughs> like, so yeah. Bowie had an RA game, and Adige in the end had 10 points on a too many shots, but nobody else had over six points. I mean, Michigan's had those games this year where you're like, hey, where's our third scorer? And that's why you, you struggle or lose, depending on you know which game you're talking about. But Northwestern just had did nothing. They scored, scored 51 points. I don't even know what else there is to say. How many games? I guess unless you're Auburn, Tennessee yesterday, which what was that final, like 46-43? You're just not going to win games when you score 40, 51 points. No, you are not. Michigan is able to, you know, force people into that. Yep. Uh, It doesn't matter that much because we're past them now, but Nicholson has been much less of a rim defender in the Big Ten than I think he was proposed to be. Was that just a... I don't know. He was supposed to be like this, you know, the great new rim protector, and now Northwestern has a two-point defense. And it turns out their two-point defense is just like they crash everything into the middle and just let you shoot whatever you want to from the perimeter. I mean, he's got a top 50 block rate nationally. Yes. And uh, Northwestern's 15th in two-point defense. Yes, but look well, at the Big Ten rating. Ninth, like ninth. ninth in conference play. <laughs> yeah. That's good for Northwestern. They're ninth in conference play. <laughs> Yeah, this conference, Brian? I mean... <laughs> yeah, but they're Northwestern, you know? There's something else we got to talk about in this game. What is that? Yo-Yo made an appearance. Oh, he did. He played four minutes. They also had a couple of... I mean, probably had three, five minutes of... I think it was Yo-Yo, Terrace Reed... I'm sorry. I don't know who Terrace Reed is. Big Hoss. Let's get it right. Jace Howard, and then a couple of starters. And, I mean, Craig was just like... Well, I, I'm not sure what we're going to do with this lineup. I mean, Yo-Yo hadn't played since, was it the Maryland game or something? Like when they were blowing him out at Chrysler back in, it was like January 1st or something. So he got in some action, took a couple of threes, did not make them. Committed a foul. I mean, he's I been don't know. injured. Well, do, do we, so like, Has he been hurt? He, yeah, I mean, he was on the injury report. So I, oh. yeah. But um, I mean, it's weird that we haven't seen Shedder for two weeks or, no, or two games now at least. I don't know if he's maybe hurt or something, but like Jace was also the first one in against Ohio State and played a while. And Cheddar is now two games where we haven't seen him. I mean, he played six minutes. There was really one bench player in this game. So, yeah. The, the identity of the guys getting four to five minutes doesn't really seem to be a huge deal. <laughs> Well, it's it's interesting how they went to basically a six-man rotation today. I mean, maybe that's part of it is because of what I said of like your two of your best players are just playing very good games and you, you don't really take them out. And I mean, like, can't really take Doug out for very long because you don't really have a replacement. So you're kind of limited in that sense. But, um, you know, they've had some games where you just the first half is roll the dice lineups. Today we didn't see that, but they did, they did throw one out against Northwestern. Of course, that was a very different special kind of game brian yes it was all right we're going to take a break come back and discuss the hockey weekend 
Hey, it's Nick Hopwood, founder and president at Peak Wealth Management. We have a lot in common. We both went to Michigan. We're both huge fans, but I'm concerned about how much time you're spending on Michigan football recruiting. This could be time spent with me pouring over your cash flow and Roth conversion strategy. How are these Roth conversions going to get done with you spending all your time and energy on MGO blog looking at the next five-star recruits? Hey, all kidding aside, if you're addicted to MGO blog and you want to outsource some of your financial planning to an expert, consider us, peakwm.com slash blog. At Peak, we work with people in a variety of situations. Some of our clients are young professionals looking to optimize their savings and investments. For young people, time is the key. Some of our clients are super affluent trying to figure out when they can retire. Some are high net worth retirees looking for a second opinion on how their money's working for them. Get your second opinion at peakwm.com slash mgoblog. Peak Wealth Management. Retire with confidence. The only thing we can be sure of about the future is that it will be absolutely fantastic. I'm thinking of the incredible breakthrough made possible by developments in communications. Arthur C. Clarke's 1964 vision is now reality with SignalWire, a cloud platform that enables developers to build the applications that will reshape the future of communications. These things will make possible a world in which we can be in instant contact with each other wherever we may be. You can add cutting-edge, real-time video and audio to any product, website, or application with APIs and SDKs for developers of all skill sets. SignalWire is optimized for high quality and low latency communication functionality for video, voice, and text messaging capabilities. Almost any skill could be made independent of distance. Men will no longer commute. They will communicate. See for yourself at SignalWire.com. Use code 2021 and receive $25 in developer credit. Go to SignalWire.com. SignalWire Communications OGs. Original geeks of programmable communication. Passion for e-commerce. Sell stuff online. Security. Performance. Conversion. Beautiful user experiences. Bella experience utilizador. Monthly marketing. PPC SEO. Make your user a customer. Conversion. Arte Perfume for online retailers. Love your website. Let human elements show you how. Available at human-element.com and find department stores, not find department stores. I can't believe I'm doing this. If you find yourself in the penalty box, you want a Michigan man arguing your case, call criminal law attorney and former prosecutor Jonathan Paul tonight. It's 248 and 924-9458. Or visit his old website at michiganlawgrad.com. It's painless. It's online. It's group ordering made easy for your next custom printed apparel order. Pogo from Underground Printing will save you time and hassle. Whether you're selling shirts for a fundraiser, organizing a large event, or trying to collect sizes and payment for a family reunion, UGP is here to help. Save time and hassle every step of the way with our easy-to-use site. No more guessing what to order, chasing down people to pay, or wasting time trying to sort out the order. We'll set it up and you can just sit back and relax. We can even take care of individual shipping. To learn more about Pogo, visit us at any of our convenient locations or at pogo.undergroundshirts.com.
Dave, I think I spoke it into being. You have done such things before. I have. I said that this felt like the old Yoast. And then we got a weekend, <laughs> like it used to be in the CCHA, when you'd have like a bad northern Michigan or Alaska Fairbanks come into town. And Michigan would score a billion goals. And the other team would get really mad. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the book on Michigan now, is like, if they're beating you, uh, you don't let the game end. You just do anything else. You hit them, or you slow it down, or you slog it, or you just turn it into, like, a mess, and Michigan's probably going to win anyway, but at least we can all waste another half an hour to hour of our lives. I mean, the, the second, the last, like, 45 minutes of the Saturday game was pointless. I mean, yes. even even like the quote unquote professional reporters down sitting down next to me are like, just end this game. <laughs> well, I mean, Wisconsin got it to within three, and then the announcers are trying to make something out of the goal that Michigan got taken off goal got a got a goal taken off with a review. We got yeah. we got a review. We got two reviews this weekend to go our way, yeah. and one of them yeah. took a goal off the board. Hooray the against like, hey, the one team we didn't need it to happen against. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> like any yeah. other series, it would only be a two goal game, and there's like four minutes left in the game, and Michigan's dominating, and that that goal was stupid anyway. It like hit like three players on the way in. So that was, I mean, Wisconsin is the one team that you get a weekend off, except for Michigan lost one to them this year. But I mean, God bless Wisconsin. They got a lot of talent on that team, and they have no earthly idea what defense is. It's fun. Holy cow. Like, the first periods of both games were just, I mean, Michigan didn't score. I think I had them for 17 shots in the first period on Friday. 16 from the house. I mean, it it was interesting because... Wisconsin being Wisconsin get a much better idea of what Michigan has drawn up on a chalkboard and what they want to do. And other teams do a much better job of interfering with that. So it's kind of hard for sort of a lay observer to be like, Oh, this is what Michigan wants to do. Wisconsin. You got to see exactly what Michigan wants to do. So we've been talking about shot totals all year. And it was really interesting to see Michigan pretty much refuse to take shots that were not the goalie having to move right there were there mm-hmm. were occasional ones when there was really just no other option but in terms of like is this guy going to go around the net or is he going to try a short angle shot it's always going to yeah. be go around the net and then i mean they're just trying to not have easy shots they they look at a shot that is unscreened against a stationary goalie as as a waste they're going to take them sometimes, but I think the reason that Michigan has struggled in the shot department is not because they're not playing well sometimes. It's because it's by design. Sometimes it is because they're not playing well. I mean, okay, sure. But, but when they're 5 of 10 on shots, it's like, oh, that's that they're being selective. But it, Yes, but in this game, taking one of those shots is asinine because you're going to get a good shot. There is no opportunity where you're not going to get a good shot. That's just the way that this that Wisconsin defends. And if you hold the puck that long, yeah, you recycle or you know you bring it back out or whatever. You're gonna get a good look because that's just what this team is. I mean, so last year Michigan played Michigan State too many times because those were I think there's maybe one or two close games. But when you'd watch the games, you were just like. Okay, this is just a matter of time before Michigan is up plural goals or how many are they motivated to score. And that's what this game this 
whole weekend felt like. Like in the second period, it was just a barrage on Friday and the game was over. And then on Saturday, I mean, the game was over in the first period. I mean, it's five to two and there's fluky stuff, but you're like, I mean, if Michigan needed to actually play a third period, they probably could have cracked 10 goals. Yeah, and it did feel like there was a point. I think it was the uh, uh, Jackson Hallam spinorama go back the other way. Try it. No, it was it was Jackson Hallam. Okay, it was Jackson. Oh Hallam. yeah, 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 yeah. Because I stood up and said, "Who do you think you are, Nathan McKinnon?" Right, and so like, that was just the point in where it's just like, all right, everybody's trying all their stuff and yeah. whatever, whatever discipline or or organization we're trying to instill has been replaced with and one. So yeah, they Wisconsin scores a couple goals in the third period, but it's just kind of like the competitive portion of the game is over and we're just skating around at this point. And that's what most of the weekend was, and that's okay or whatever. I you know some people were talking on Twitter and messaging me about like. You know, well, you know, to to win, you have to be able to play good defense and shut teams down. And I know Michigan has had a trouble closing out leads and everything. I mean, you can go back, there's five, ten games, and some they were successful, others not as much. But, like, I don't really... It's 7-2 to for more than half of the game. And if Wisconsin gets one or two, do you want to see that? Well, no. And does that add data points to, you know, bad defense? Maybe. Sure. Or Portillo or whatever. But... I mean, I've played enough sports where you're in those games and it's not competitive. And it's just honestly, by the end, you're like, I just I really don't want to get hurt because we have more important games to play. And yeah, you have to finish the game. But when you have seven goals halfway through a hockey game, that should tell you everything you need to know. How much of that game was actually spent five on five hockey? Like, I felt like it was either... Saturday? Like, none. Saturday, Saturday, <laughs> like, the whole first, like, this isn't even a hockey game. The this whole second just... period, it was like four on threes and stuff like that. And if it wasn't that, they were like, reviewing something or trying to sort out a fight and then reviewing it for ten minutes. Like, And then part of that's probably Wisconsin being like, look, what are we going to do? Just give up 15? We got to do something else. Let's take a bunch of penalties and roughhouse. I mean, like, honestly, like, the players section of the press box was starting to fill up because Steve Holtz ended up up there, Philip LaPointe ended up <laughs> up there. Like, they're running out of chairs. I was going to be like, man, am I going to keep my chair for the rest of the game? Oh, the, the point was thrown out in the silliest thing. Face goes, masking. Face masking. Well, well, he went to go defend his goalie, and he kind of shoves the guy's face mask a little bit, the same way that everyone does when you go to defend your goalie. And the guy's face mask was, like, barely attached and just, like, pops off. And they're like, you're out of the game. Man. Yeah, I mean, I thought the the reviews were, even the ones that went in Michigan's favor, were pretty well, I guess the Edwards one wasn't very tenuous, but the, the Luke Hughes one where Hughes is kind of down on the ice and the guy just kind of skates by him and makes glancing contact. I think that's a classic example of college hockey over refereeing majors right there. Like that, I didn't, that didn't feel like forcible contact to me. No, that, that should have been like a minor on Wisconsin for starting something stupid. Like, but that was, that's all it needed to be. It did not need to be five minutes. And like that, that ended, that was the reason why the, end of the game just felt like you know here we are we're just killing time now because they so were the interesting th- thing is michigan state did beat Notre dame twice and so that's you know they're right back in the mix now i think they have 30 points michigan has 30 points everyone has 30 points everyone has 30 points it's, it's like minnesota everyone with 30 points yeah in it's like basketball yeah i think michigan's probably the second best team and i think that if they play to their capabilities in the last six remaining regular season games, they're probably going to end up 
with that two seed, which is, you know, what you want for a number of reasons. They're still fourth in pairwise, I think, because uh, Ohio State and Penn State split. Um, they yeah. lost very little ground on BU, and BU has the bean pot next week, so they'll have a game against probably BC or Harvard. I'm not sure who they're playing, but, um, you know, that now this Michigan State thing, thing is going to be, or next weekend is going to be interesting because they were on the verge of falling out. They were 18th, and, you know, if Notre Dame sweeps them, it's a different situation. Well, now they're right back in it. So um, I think it's what Friday at it's Friday at Mun, and then Saturday yeah. in Detroit. Yeah. So I mean, Michigan State played with Michigan pretty well the first series. They are obviously a much better team. I'll without be Fantilli, though, remember? I mean, Adam Fantilli's gone. That's true. That was that was the World Juniors. So without Fantilli, Michigan may or may not have Jacob Truscott back. May or may not have Seamus Casey back. And there's people are not talking about Frank Nazar being able to come back, and nobody knows exactly when that's going to happen or how well or any of play. these guys. I mean, they got Mackey right. back, which was a big yeah. deal, and that kept their two top two lines. And I mean, that was part of the Wisconsin thing. They just couldn't skate with either line. So even if they weren't scoring, they're just dominating. And I think that's going to be mostly the case going forward against these other teams. Mackey had a couple dead Sukian splits as well, man. Like that was that was a big return for him, <laughs> even though he didn't get any points off of it. Well, you know, Sam Eskevich, I think maybe Narado's eyes were a little bit opened during the national team exhibition because Fantilli's just back from the World Juniors. He's not playing. Sam Eskevich is out there. And Sam Eskevich is driving play. Yep. And driving play in a way that's like, man, this guy's a star. And the decision to split those two guys up, I think, is a great one because – Samuskevich doesn't need Fantilli, and Fantilli doesn't need Samuskevich. But, you know, you're getting a ton of production out of Brindley now. You're getting TJ Hughes producing. Duke is still producing because he's still with Samuskevich. Like, and now you have like two lines that I think really have a couple of the most threatening players in college hockey on them. And then backing them up with Hughes and Casey when he gets back. Casey was playing out of his mind. So. Hopefully, yeah, two weeks ago. Well, and I mean, Ciccolini scored two goals, and I was always sort of a fan of his. You know, it's too bad he missed last year because I thought, you know, you put him on a line with a couple talented players, and you know, he can he can shoot, and he got a couple goals this weekend. He had one last weekend, so that's three goals in the last, you know, two series. Um, down on the third line with with Hallam, who Hallam has looked good too. Like he doesn't have quite; he's not putting it all together uh, the way that Brindley is. But you look at his speed, and he gets into good places, and he makes good decisions, but his stick handling and his sort of puck driving isn't quite there yet. But you can see that if he works on it, that's going to pop probably at some point, and then you, you have Ciccolini, and um, you know they've been rotating other guys through that third line. But I, I mean, you could, you could have, I mean, you know, Minnesota's going to be loaded, right? But who's going to have those kind of guys on their third line looking around the country. Probably not yeah, anything. I mean, and if Nazar gets back, he's yeah. your third line center probably at this point. Cause yeah. I think you're not bringing need... up the top two. No, no, I, I don't think you are. And so you could have a third line of Nazar Hallam and Ciccolini, um, which is like, Hey, the <laughs> <laughs> third line. Yeah. And uh, finally, shout out to Stephen Holtz uh, for coming back, having a pretty good weekend. And getting kicked out of the Saturday game with 22 penalty minutes. I don't know what it was. He, uh, he must have said something. Somebody must have said good. 
Somebody said, must have said something to him because he went right over to the Wisconsin bench and tried to take on the bench and was yapping at somebody, went to the box, and uh, on his way out, definitely did a couple laps in the middle of the ice, firing everybody <laughs> up. And uh, he, he did the double I mean, thumbs it, up, man. It was, <laughs> it was it was very uh, – I mean, it was a blowout, so you kind of needed something like that. But it was peak WWE, I think, at Yoast on Saturday night, I would say. Sir, so good weekend. Still fourth, the pairwise looking for second in the Big Ten. Get some home games at Yoast postseason. All right, we're gonna take a break. Come back, and what the hell are we gonna talk about? You made up a terrible gimmicky top five, so hopefully I know. It's not that. So let's do. Are we doing joke. that? Or are we? No, I we're guess not doing that. This is Matt Demrest, the owner of Homeshare Lending. We're a local mortgage company here to help you purchase with confidence and refinance with ease. People don't get mortgages very often, so it can be confusing. We'll break down every single line item so that it all makes sense. And at the end of the day, if we're not giving you the best deal, we'll tell you to go with the other company. We're here to offer our simple mortgage guidance. This is Seth Fisher from MGO Blog. Over the years, we've sent dozens of readers to use Homeshare Lending, and every review that's come back has been raving. I myself used them to refinance after doing our original loan through our bank. I was amazed how much smoother the process was for our company. Loan. Brian used them, you should use them too. Finding out whether it makes sense or not to refinance or getting pre-approved to buy a new home is easy. Head over to homesurelending.com, that's H-O-M-E-S-U-R-E, lending.com, slash mgoblog to find out more. Or call us at 734-531-9950. That's 734-531-9950. I've got two of my favorite people here with me, kind of an annual tradition, Cooper and Colby. Cooper, how old are you? 11. Colby, how about you? Nine. Can I get a Go Blue? Go Blue! NMLS number 1161358, Equal Housing Lender. Want the perfect game day outfit? Underground Printing has unique, great-fitting U of M apparel and officially licensed apparel from legendary Michigan names like Woodson, Howard, Eufer, and more. UGP also specializes in custom printed apparel and promotional items for groups, events, and businesses. Whether you need one shirt as a gift or 1,000 shirts for a charity walk, Underground can customize almost anything for groups large or small. To learn more, visit Underground Printing in one of our three convenient locations around Ann Arbor or online at undergroundshirts.com. If you want to see where our post-game podcast happens, or if you need a spot to land in Ann Arbor, check out 4M, Prentice Partners' beautiful brand-new flagship property at 830 Henry Street in Lower Burns Park and across the bridge from the Big House. Their 11 spacious six-bedroom, six-bath suites feature state-of-the-art digital capabilities and are laid out for comfortable, efficient collaboration. You can also rent a 4M unit for shorter stays, say if you want to come to town for a football weekend. I want to add myself that they're also taking over Lucky's. We're really excited about their plans for that space. So if you're by the stadium, swing by 830 Henry or visit Prentice4M.com. In southeastern Michigan, the yearly cost for a nursing home averages approximately 100000 It doesn't have to, though. Reed McCarthy founded Ann Arbor Elder Law after handling a tricky situation for his own family. Years of experience later, his boutique firm works with clients across southeast Michigan dealing with Medicaid planning, long-term care, and tax, disability, and family law, not to mention family dynamics. If you have a family member who may need that level of care, or if you're ready to start your own estate plan, Reed can give you a plan for the future. Visit AnnArborElderLaw.com or call 734-945-9693. That's 734-945-9693.
Alright, folks, we're not trying to be downers, but, you know, the writing's on the wall for the basketball team. Not a whole lot of teams with losses to Central Mission get in the tournament, but there is another tournament. There is the National Invitational Tournament. Michigan may well get into it, and we're here to pump you up for the NIT. <laughs> that used to be the top five. That used to be the biggest thing. I mean, that used to be the tournament. About I don't, good I don't think, Do you remember this, or, or is this one of those stories that Craig Ross told about you? getting into the NIT? I don't think Craig was even alive when when that was a thing in the 1200s. Right. He was you reading guys, about. You guys it ready? You guys back ready? With the dwarves and you guys ready? Are there are the listeners ready? <laughs> you guys ready for this? All right. Sounds like Seth, you're number five. My number five reason to go to the NIT is more practice for Doug. Or practice for Doug. Yes. Always good to get a freshman point guard less <laughs> completely confused about everything he's doing. Truth. Truth. Dave, you're number five. Yeah, basically what Seth said. The real reason, and the other ones I tried to make jokes, but for this one is just building practice and team chemistry. And like you're starting to see, you talk about Jet, right? Like he's getting a little bit better. Put him in some higher pressure games of, you know, hey, you know, this is a game that you lose and you're out. So you, you you get sort of a different feel and more reps and try to convince everyone, maybe we should run it back next year. The rest of yours are jokes, right. man. I mean, there's Crying. some serious re- – this is a serious tournament here. <laughs> <laughs> My number five is experimental rules. <laughs> so what they do <laughs> All right, Seth. Okay. <laughs> what, they do, what they do in the NIT is they're like, oh, let's test this rule out. So it could be anything. I know they've probably announced this already, but I don't know anything about the NIT. Asked 10 years ago, Brian, about the NIT. I don't know anything about the NIT. So I'll be fascinated to see like how many points baskets are worth. If you can use your arms, like what is going on? It could be anything. We could get the Elam ending. That would be really fun. Or they could give you like only three and a half fouls. And then they could like make fouls like worth different amounts based on what they are. Or you could have to like use like one player has, can only use one shoe. Like one of your guys has to have one shoe on. It could be anything. Could be anything. Do you so, remember the old uh, Grandpa Shack commercials from the '90s of where he's telling how the way basketball used to be, which is how it was, and then he was like, "I was fine until they put in the moving basket." Yeah, and he tried to dunk, and the the rim wasn't there. It was I, funny. My, my uh, I think it's like Rock and Jock now, where just like with two minutes left in the half, the fifty point basket comes down. <laughs> What's going on, Seth? You're number four. My number four is they could then get to 20 wins, which is more than they had last year. 20-win season. Seth. <laughs> Got to talk about this. Serious. I'm not like David, who's just like throwing out joke answers. I'm going, going for right. serious, serious accomplishments. 20 wins. Yeah, because, because Brian is <laughs> They have wins. experimental rules in the NIT. What do you want? They're experimental rules. That's a real thing. I mean, maybe I maybe I use some hyperbole, but that's to entertain the listeners. Something you would do well to attempt, Dave. Dave, you're number four. Let's see what you've got. Speaking of listeners, I hope they make the NIT so we can keep our sponsors, because otherwise we're going to have to do three segments of punting updates, because that's the only thing we're not sure of about spring practice. There's a second cornerback. I'm sure Peak Wealth Management will sponsor a second cornerback special. <laughs> He's usually down right, for whatever's uh, worrying the market. 
My number four is It's Sports. Something to watch, something to look at, to distract ourselves at our quick trip to the grave. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, it's not... At least mine not, aren't morbid, Seth. It's not morbid. I mean, it actually, it is. It is it's, I mean, you've got a little Arby's at the end there with the grave. Yeah, a little like heated Arby's, <laughs> but it's, it's Michigan. It's basketball going to the NIT. It's an heated Arby's. It's not morbid. Literally mentions our own mortality at the end. Yeah, okay, fine, <laughs> fine, fine. Seth, you're number three. The first three rounds are in college buildings, so you might get Jim Beheim's last game. <laughs> ah, well, they're going to be a first four team that makes the Elite Eight because they're the most annoying team in basketball. Dave, you're number three. It's a chance to hang another Amaker banner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why you want to go, because we have sure. one. We need a second one. We almost well, got a second one, but then we lost, uh, I think it was South Carolina. Yeah. yeah All right. Num- my Carolina. number three is you get an opportunity, which you don't get to do very much, to outperform Kentucky. They went to the NIT, and they immediately got booted by Robert Morris, and we get Robert Morris. I tell you, they're going down. We're going to beat Robert Morris. I don't even. Ha- they don't know if they're going to be in the NIT. We're Bobby coming for Mo. you, Rob. Bobby, Bobby Morris, you should. Bobby Moe. We're going to be like you shouldn't have dropped your hockey program. Now we're going to beat you into oblivion. Seth, you're number two. Fond memories of Daniel Horton. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dion, Dion Harris. <laughs> yeah. That double overtime three pointer against Notre Dame. All, all of us old basketball fans are going to like pull out all the memories of things that nobody watched because nobody could stand Michigan basketball at that period. I mean, I watched it. I was like, this gives me hope for the future. That's what I mean. <laughs> That's what I mean. Boy, Only our generation could take basketball at that point. We were we were young. We were dumb. We were in our yeah, young, like, dark, oh, early we 20s. Won the NIT. Like, Teams that win the NIT often go on to great success in subsequent years. <laughs> In a what is the Big Ten commercial? In a career other than basketball? Yes. <laughs> Dave, you're number two. Uh, this way we don't have to send Brian and Craig to cover wrestling matches. Uh, wh- what? When well, do we I do mean, that? We got to talk about something, and we need somebody like on the mat getting the close-up interviews. Yeah. And so you and Craig would go and and interview the wrestlers after. I don't think so. I went, over, I went over to Craig's on Friday, and you know there's a basketball game that ended, and so he's looking through the. Thing, the, the channel guide to see what he could put on and big 10 network had wrestling on he's like oh that gives me the heebie-jeebies so he, <laughs> he it's a, he says it makes him squirm but i've yet to see yeah. him like actually fall out of a chair well he he doesn't put on the wrestling so it's been on before i think that should be a goal putting it Get on Craig and seeing if he wrestling. actually like ends up off of the chair and on the floor because he's like squirmed his way out of the chair Oh, so I don't think he's going to be going to the wrestling matches with it. Well, then only if Michigan can make the NIT. My number two is home games. You get some more home games, you get a little revenue. And then with that revenue, you can uh, build another building. Yeah, you can do some stuff. And like the, the NIT games are usually actually kind of fun because people are like, ah, this doesn't really matter. Let's let's get into it. And it's a tournament game and you want to win. You can walk Christ down and sit in the cool. sixth, sixth row. Yeah, like no one you else like, be there. You'd probably like get some tickets and be like, all right, these are cool. That's what I think. Seth, you're number one. Keeps the round of 16 streak alive. That's good. Dave, you're number one. More big hoss free throws. Uh, my number one is we get to remember some guys. So uh, the Daniel yeah. Horton, 
thing again. It's good. You get, like think yeah. about Pete Vigneer. Ooh. I don't even know if he was on that team. Gavin Groinger. Graham Brown. Graham Brown's like Hambone. Remember Hambone? Yeah, remember when he screened uh, that guy from Wisconsin who looks like Chris Rock and almost killed him? <laughs> Amadou Ba? No, no. Graham Brown. It was Cameron Taylor yeah, was the kid's name, and he I'm looks exactly like players. Chris Rock. Oh, okay. Yeah. Michigan, uh, didn't they recruit Chris Rock? They actually had a player named Chris Rock. They had a, they had a football player a football named Chris player, Rock. Yeah. yeah. Who went to Ohio State as a walk-on. Yeah. Yeah, you know who was on good. that team is Chris Hunter, the... Uh, Who's see? But worked with the program. Team. He We're, is yeah. going to be living up his basketball. We are going to be. They're going to pull out Chris Hunter, let him out of the office that they've got him like stuck in. That's sitting right on top of where they're going to have parks. him give the pregame speeches. Like you guys don't know what it's like to be in this situation <laughs> in the NIT final and come out with a victory. But I do, Chris Hunter. I can do it. I can. I can give you the speech that will unlock the the opposition, which is probably going to be like. Northern Colorado or something. <laughs> Lester, or like, Lester Abram will be sitting in the Jalen Rose seat. Like the 10th place team in the Pac-12. Only I have the secrets to beating Stanford. <laughs> Bernard Robinson's right. going to be like arguing for calls at the end there. Yeah. All right. We've got this. So, got it. So this is, this, this is, we should be happy. We might be in the NIT. Go blue. Thank you for listening to the MGO Podcast. I'm Seth Fisher, along with Brian Cook and David Nasternak, only gentlemen here.